today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. Because it will be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I thank you for your people and I pray today that their hearts will be open to receive. Their minds will be open to believe. And most of all, Father, their lives will be in position to release the faith that they will hear today. And so I thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders following the word. And as I step back, thank you for the Spirit of God that rests and abides in our hearts and in this place. So he will minister life to your people. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Decisions are something that everyone will have to make in their life. Whether you are a Christian or a non-Christian, there are decisions that you will have to make, and these decisions will impact your life in a positive or negative way. There are times in life where we need to be reminded that God's way is not only the best for our lives, but that His way provide remarkable benefits to us if we will follow Him and yield to Him. But in contrast, there's always an opportunity or option for us to do things our way. Just touch your neighbor and say, are you doing it your way today? And uh, it has become increasingly difficult for people to make decisions nowadays. And research, research is showing that this current generation is more dis- indecisive than the previous generations altogether. And it's mainly due to there being so many options available to our young people in this generation. In other words, when my parents grew up, there may have been three, maybe four, and I'm stretching it, TV channels to watch. When I grew up, there were maybe about 8 to 10 at the most. And uh, the station would always sign off with the national anthem. And then at the end, you would see five colored bars go across your screen with a beeping sound. Well, nowadays, there are hundreds of channels to choose from. Not only are there hundreds of channels, you can watch TV on your phone, you can watch it on your iTablet or your pad, you can watch it on TV. So people have so many options. And then what really makes people indecisive these days is the illusion of perfection on Instagram, Twitter, and all social media where these pictures are cropped, Filtered, photoshopped to make it look like you are America's next top model. Where when you look at Facebook and you see some of your friends' pictures of your friends going on their third vacation for the year. And you look and you haven't even been able to drive down to grandma's house. But what you don't realize is even though the picture looks perfect. They are robbing Jesus to pay Paul. 
Decisions are like a roller coaster. How many have been on roller coasters before? Decisions are like a roller coaster. If you make a series of good decisions, then the ride is going to be fun going down the hill. And this is where the effort of climbing the hill pays off and good things are happening. But decisions are also like a GPA, your grade point average. I realized in college that it is harder to maintain better grades than it is for grades to drop. You can have great grades in one bad class can send you downhill fast. So today, if you're taking notes, my message title is Making Divine Decisions. Making Divine Decisions. Because I really feel that there are those of you in the, in the room and in our church that you're in the valley of decision. And this message is hopefully going to help you make proper decisions for your life. So if you're taking notes, that's my title. And the purpose of the lesson today is to make the process of making decisions easier and then to inspire you to make Watch this. God's way, your way. Choose his way for your life on a consistent basis so that the abundant life that Jesus promised us is experienced. So if you have your Bibles, find Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy 30, we're going to look in verse 19. And then we're going to go over to, uh, we may go to 1 Corinthians, but uh, I think we're going to end up going to John chapter 10, verse 10. We'll just go to John 10, 10. All right, that was Deuteronomy 30, 19, and then John 10, 10. I have three points this morning. They're very simple. And so the first point is making daily decisions, making daily decisions. And I'm going to start out by giving you a take-home statement on this point right here. So here's a take-home statement that you can write down. We make our decisions, and our decisions make us. We make our decisions, and our decisions make us. Now, before I start, I need some help from everybody today. So I need everybody to participate. So just touch your neighbor and say you need, you need to participate. So here's the question for everybody. If you were offered a job doing pretty much the same thing you're doing now in the city that you'd like to live in, other than the city you're in right now, and it was offering an additional $12,000 a year, more than what you're making, how many of you you would say, I'm in, let me see your hand. $12,000 more, okay, all right. Got a few hands there, okay, good, all right. Now, how many of you, well, well let me just say this. You know, you really should have held out because I'm about to offer you some more money. What if I raised it to increase the amount of 50000 per year, how many of you would change jobs and cities in a heartbeat? Let me see your hand as well. On, on top of the ones that raised it the first time because you lost out with your 12. You got your 12. <laughs> All right? Now, let me close the survey by asking, if you could make an extra $100,000 per year on top of what you're already making in the city you would like doing it in, Doing the same thing pretty much of what you're doing. How many of you would say I'm on the plane? Let me see your hand. Let me see. All right. Now, wait a minute. Keep your hand up. And if you raise your hand in the other ones, let me see your hand as well. Let me see your hand. All right. So would you say that's the majority of people in the room? All right. Well, this is probably now going to help you understand why I'm going to say what I'm going to say to you today. And that is, Pastor Sarah and I, we received an offer from a very large mega church in Florida for us to be their new pastors, and it could not be refused. I'm just joking. Okay, so let me set the record straight. 
I love being here at Word of Truth Family Church, and I will never leave Word of Truth Family Church. All right? But I do have a question. Why is it that you can make that decision, but I couldn't make that decision? Why is it that you felt it was okay for you to make a move based on financial changes, but then you look at me and go, well, that wouldn't be right for me. Well, see, that's where decisions get messed up when we make them based on mere facts alone. Amen. Now, here's the issue that I feel. Many times we make decisions without proper discernment or considering other factors about the decision. For instance, here it is. You make a decision because an opportunity came in your life to make more money. But for instance, what if where you are planted spiritually is the best you've ever grown in your life? Or what if, what if your children's spiritual life has been at its highest peak and now you're not considering that? All you're considering is the money. Well, let me just say this. When God plants you in a place, he's already planted all the money you need to make. Now, that doesn't mean you don't move. I'm saying never make decisions on facts alone because if you do that without spiritual discernment, you could be missing God's will for your life. Amen. So uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, this passage of scripture we're about to read Joshua was, was talking to the children of Israel. So let's go ahead and read it. It's kind of long. I'm reading out of the King James this morning. It says in Deuteronomy 30 verse 10. If you will hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. To keep his commandments and his statutes. Which are written in the book of the law. And if you will turn. Say turn. If you turn unto the Lord thy God. Which says to me that they weren't turned in that direction. He says if you will turn to the Lord your God. And then it says, with all your heart and with all your soul, for this commandment which I command you this day, it is not hidden from you, neither is it far off. And this is how people start thinking when it comes to decisions. It is not in heaven. That is, that you should say, well, who's going to go up to heaven and get me this answer and bring it unto me or us that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea. That is to say, who shall go over into the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear what it, what it is and do it. Verse 14. But the word, say the word, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart that you may do it. See, I have set before you day, this day, life and good and death and evil. And that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments. Watch this. That you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land where you go to possess it. But if your heart turns away so that you will not hear but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them... I denounce unto you this day that you, you shall surely perish and that you shall not prolong your days in the land which you passed over to Jordan. Here's the focus verse right here. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you. Watch this. Read it with me. Life and what? Death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. Now, in reading this passage of Scripture, it sounds like the children of Israel 
We're in the valley of decision. And many of us find ourselves in a valley where we're having to make decisions. And I'm talking about daily decisions right now. But what I like about what we just read is there's a principle, say principle. There's a principle on making daily decisions in that text. And here is why daily decisions are so important. Because every now and then decisions don't impact this much. And here's why. Because daily decisions shape our tomorrows. So as you can see, the advice that God gave them was to choose life. Now, what does that mean to choose life? Well, in John 10, 10, you don't have to go there. But this is what Jesus said. The thief comes not but for to kill steal and to destroy he says i am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly notice he first addressed the resume of the thief well the thief another name for the thief is the devil or satan or the enemy and his job is to kill steal and destroy and sometimes when we make decisions that are not influenced by our spiritual nature we'll end up making decisions on the other side because there are two ways to make them we can make them on the spiritual side or we can make them on the dark side now the dark side is just the side that god does not want us to go on and that's why most people who make decisions that are dark say dark they never pan out In fact, most people end up spiritually or emotionally or in some cases financially hurt because they made a dark spiritual decision. Amen. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Psalm 119, 105. This is what it says. He says, it says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Which means now that if I will allow God's word to guide me and direct me, then it's going to light up where I need to go. Now, what I want to do now is break down the next point. Here's the next point if you want to write it down. Making difficult decisions. Okay? Making difficult decisions because many people have to make them. And when I say decisions, I'm talking about where to go to school, uh, decisions on who you may want to marry, decisions on buying a house, buying a car. Some of you all may be contemplating uh, filing bankruptcy. And, uh, you know, those types of decisions, you cannot just make them with the facts in mind. If you go to a bankruptcy attorney and ask them, should I file bankruptcy? Let me tell you what they're going to say. Before they say it. Yes. Why? Because that decision influences his income. So you don't want to just ask the person who is involved in the decision alone. You need to go and research. But more than that, we need to ask God what he wants us to do. Can you say amen to that? So we're going to talk about making difficult decisions because we're all going to have to make them one day. All decisions have an end result or, as the Bible describes, as a cost. When you make decisions, they have an end result, a cost that's connected to your decision. And the unfortunate thing, as a pastor, I see people with short-sightedness, in many cases, making decisions. And they tend to only look at the potential good of the decision. But they don't look at what, what happens if this decision does not pan out. They only look on the good side. But if you're going to make a decision, you want to be able to see the good part of it and maybe what the bad part of it may be. Amen. So before we talk about the principles of making divine decisions, let's look at some different ways in which our decisions are are influenced. So here's the first one. 
Our feelings influence our decisions. Everybody say feelings. This is where we allow how we feel to guide and govern and influence how we make our decisions. And see, here's the thing. Our emotions and our feelings, they originate from our soul. Our soul is our mind, our will, our thoughts, and how we feel. And so when we do that, they tend to, watch this now, influence us. And uh, before we, we make the decision, we can't be driven by our feelings because your feelings are like the weather. They're going to change. If you allow your feelings to govern your life, you can feel like you're marrying the right person and then two years into the marriage feel like I married the devil. That's why there's so many divorces in the world today because many people got married based on a feeling. And so now when the feeling changed, oh, well, I must have missed God. No, you didn't miss God. You messed your feelings up. Marriage has very little to do with how you feel. Let me just throw that out there, okay? Because I'm helping somebody who's struggling. You just got married. And, you know, you have to understand when I'm preaching up here, I'm talking to thousands of people because there are hundreds of thousands that listen to our podcast. So you may be listening to me by way of our podcast or our video and you just got married. And you're saying, I don't know, I must have married the wrong person. No, no, you just need to now take your feelings and harness them around the word. Because how you feel does not determine what's real. I was on the plane yesterday and... uh, I noticed that we had to transfer on, on a, from a big plane to a smaller plane. So Pastor Polo and I, we, you know, we going down in the plane like this. And uh, we're, we're taking off. And it was not a, a, a very smooth ride. Didn't bother me. The angels of God are always a camp around me. They're going to take care of me. And whoever's on the plane, they need to be happy that I'm on there. Because it ain't going down. It's not my time. But this lady in front of me, you would have thought she had autism or something. I mean, she was, she was having a panic attack. And uh, I saw it. And so at my seat, I began to take authority over fear and anxiety in her life. You know, because fear is just false things appearing real. And so I took authority over that. I began to pray for her. I surrounded the plane with God's angels. And then she put her two hands in her knees and bowed her head. And next thing you know, when she came back up, she was normal. So you can't trust how you feel. Touch your neighbor and say, you can't trust how you feel. Most emotional decisions are not of faith. And the majority of time, they are full of fear, pride, anger, hurt, disappointment, and anything else that we may have experienced. Here's the second thing that influences our decisions are facts. And this is where we make decisions based solely on natural information. Research, data, you get on the internet and you start Googling everything. Decisions made in this manner, though, they tend to let the natural facts alone make the decision. You cannot make how much money a job is going to pay you the decision for for taking the job. Because you can get over there and make all that money and be miserable. Amen. Facts. Here's the biggest one. Our friends. 
These are decisions where we get the opinion of our friends, our co-workers, our associates, our girlfriends, our homeboys, or whatever words you want to use. And because most people take advice from people who are no further along in life than they are, they end up with an average or below average life. Listen, if you want to make a decision for your life, don't ask the same the person that's in those same level as you. Now, touch, touch your neighbor and say, go up. Go up. go up. That's what you need to do. Don't be listening to Sally. Sally done been through three divorces and you getting relationship advice from her. Well, uh, if, you, if you want three divorces, go right ahead and do that. Now, here's a take-home statement you may want to write down. It is almost impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. Now, I'm talking to my young people. Young people, look up at me. It is almost impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. Proverbs 13, 20 says this. He that walks with the wise man shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Let me re-say that verse. He that walks with wise people, wise friends will be wise, but... He who walks with fools will become a fool. So let me just give you a prophetic word. If you have fools for a friend, you will be a fool. Touch your neighbor and say, do you have some fools as a friend? (laughs) Here's another fact. I got to hurry up here. Is our family. This is where decisions involve immediate or close family members And uh, what happens is, this is where, this is my opinion now, this is where generational strongholds and negative repetitive cycles begin to duplicate themselves because the decisions are made out of tradition instead of relevance and wisdom. I know people who still go to grandmother's church and there's nothing wrong with grandmother's church. It was for grandmother, but it's not for you. But you're still going and you don't get nothing out of it. Here's the next one, forecasting. And these are decisions that are made with futuristic hopes and resources in mind. And because these hopes and resources are not guaranteed, when we make decisions by forecasting, then what we do at the time of the decision, what we tend to do is we look at the fact that, oh, wow, the results seem, wow, real awesome, but they're not reliable because they're based on forecasting. And this is when people rely on what I call ghost money or ghost promises or ghost predictions. In other words, it's it's a it's a future promise for something that has no guarantee. Amen. And then the last one is faith. Everybody say faith. And this is where our decisions are made based on the acknowledgement of God and his direction for our lives. Faith then exercises the patience necessary for God to speak to you. And then I'm going to walk you through what it, the, the best way to make a good decision. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, I've been walking with the Lord a little over 30 years. And I can count on one hand how many bad choices I've made. Now, I don't live a perfect life. But when it comes to making major decisions, they cost too much for me to just make stupid ones. See, once you get a certain age the less bad decisions you need to make. Because they take longer to get over. Okay, uh, you can let your credit go bad when you're in college. They give you, I don't even know why they do it. They give you a credit card when you get to college. You don't even have a job to pay for the credit card. 
But they're setting you up. And so you charge, 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 swipe, 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 and discover. And then the bill comes. And you don't even have the $16 minimum to pay for the credit card. So you like, hey, well, whatever, uh, I pay it. 30 day late, 30 day late, 60 day late, 90 day late. And then you get into like, it's like the minimum payment is like $600. Well, I ain't got $600. And you have just ruined your credit life for seven years. Now, if you young and dumb, which most people are, you do that when you're 19 or so. You know, seven years from now, you know, you can handle that. But if you if you're 45 <laughs> and you're thinking about skipping out on your credit card bill, let me give you some advice. Go pawn something. <laughs> I just helped somebody today. I just helped somebody. Listen, listen, listen. The reason you're in the financial mess you're in because you made some very poor choices. Watch this consistently. The best way to have the abundant life is to choose God's way more times than you don't. Amen. All right. So Proverbs 16.25 says this. Well, let's go up to Proverbs 14.12. I like this verse. It says "There, there is a way which seems right to a man. But the end of it are the ways of death. Now, there's something about this verse that is rare in occurrence in the scriptures. Because you rarely see the same verse written verbatim in the Bible. It is, there are occurrences, but it's not, it's not, you know, normal. And so in Proverbs 16, 25, the same verse shows up. It says, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of that same verse. And you know why I believe God does that when he repeats himself, just like when we do? Why do we repeat our stuff to our children? Because either, well, first of all, we do it because we love them. Because if you don't care about somebody, let's say you give, tell somebody something and they didn't listen to you, and you don't care, be like, well, tough, it's on them. But when you love somebody, you want to repeat yourself. So you, you go to them and say, uh, did you hear what I, did you hear I said, uh, clean up your room? Or did I, didn't you hear me say, you know, do your homework? All right. You're repeating yourself. Maybe because you didn't feel they heard you the same time at the first time. And see, I believe God repeats things in the Bible because he knows we didn't hear it the first time. And so after you didn't, they didn't hear you the first time and you repeat it the second time. And then sometimes you may repeat yourself three. Now, I don't like repeating myself past three. Because if you three strikes you out in baseball, you three strikes well, now you with me. So when Landon gets to number two, then uh, the other day I took him to my office. I said, come on, Landon, come on to my office. I said, have a seat, son. Because uh, one of the things I, I like, I like my master bedroom door closed. That's what I like. It's my life. It's my room. And it's my wife and I's chamber. And so, thank you. And so Landon, he would have a hard time remembering to close the door when he leaves. And so I've had a many, 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 many conversations with Landon. And so 
one conversation was, Landy, if you can't get this, I'm going to ban you from coming in. So one day he left the door open and uh, I was changing clothes and somebody came in and uh, uh, the cleaning ladies, you know, she was, she, if the door is open, that means she can come in. And so, but uh, I was changing clothes. And so I took him in my office. I sat down, I said, Landon, uh, what did daddy say about his door? Look at me, look at me, focus. <laughs> because it focus. Do you remember what daddy said about his room? Yes. What did daddy say? I need to keep the door closed. Why? And so I explained to him. I said, now, how would it feel if you're changing clothes and somebody walks in on you? How would you feel? I wouldn't like that. I said, I don't either. And when you left the door open, somebody walked in on me. I said, now, Landy, look at me, look at me, look at me. We're not going to have this conversation anymore, okay? Okay, Daddy. Well, sometimes God has to repeat himself. And when he does, it's because we didn't get it the first time. So here's my last point. Making divine decisions. Now go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, we're going to wrap up here. Proverbs 3, look in verse 6. And so many of us are used to doing things our way. There is a way that seems right. It may seem right, but not be right. Everybody say, it may seem right, but may not be right. And so when you get in the habit of doing it your way like Burger King, What you don't understand is that you position yourself to be God. Listen, it says, in all of your ways, acknowledge who? Him. Which says, let's flip that verse. If I don't acknowledge him, then I'm acknowledging my way. So watch this now. Proverbs 3, 6. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, in all, how much? All All of your what? Ways. Acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. I love the living Bible. It says this. In everything you do, put God first and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. Making divine decisions always start with acknowledging God and what his perfect will is for our lives. In Romans chapter 12 verse 2, I'm going to read a verse that you may not have ever considered. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what's good. And when you renew your mind, you will prove what's acceptable. And when you renew your mind, you will understand the perfect will of God. You know why you need to renew your mind? Because you need to know what God's will is for your life. Now, that verse also says or doesn't say that if I don't renew my mind, I will not understand God's will. And that's why a lot of believers are trying to get God's wills from a prophecy or from watching TV. I'm going to cut on Bishop Jakes today. I know he's going to have a word for me. Well, he may have a word for you. But he may not have a word for your circumstance right now. See... 
I feel it is cheating. Now, you know what cheating in a relationship is, right? I feel a lot of believers cheat on God because instead of getting information from him, they get it from somebody else. Amen. So watch this now. He says, don't be conformed to this world, but be renewed in your mind so you can know the will of God. Now, the word uh, perfect there, it doesn't mean like perfect. It means complete will. Because, there, okay, for example, there's not one person that you marry that's the right person. Because what if that one person that you're supposed to marry gets off track and marries somebody else? Now the whole system is messed up because whoever that person was supposed to marry, now they got messed up. No, no. So it's not just one person. Because what if that person dies tragically in a car accident? What are you going to do? Stay single all your life? I hear somebody say the devil is alive. <laughs> so it's not just one person. So we're talking about the complete will of God. See, sometimes God will leave choices up to us. Amen. God doesn't care what kind of car you drive as long as you can afford it. I mean, he doesn't care if you want to ride a bicycle to work. Get to riding. Some decisions he will leave to us, which now let me just kind of give you three ways in which decisions come about. Here's the, here's the three ways. Number one are my choices. These are three different ways of decisions, my choices or our choices. And this is when you and I make decisions that line up with our desires and our purpose in life. The only problem, though, with this one is that most people rarely submit their desires to God so he can filter them. Uh, Everybody say years ago. Years ago, I I just I'm a business person. That's how I think. I mean, my 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 that's how I think. All right. And I went to school for it and everything. And, and so I was in ministry. I'll never forget. I was in ministry. And uh, boy, I was studying commodities and trading commodities on the market for years. I read every book I could get my hands on. And so finally I was like, OK, I'm tired of reading about commodities. I need to get start trading. So, you know, I asked my wife for 10 grand to, you know, to, to, you know, invest. And she was gracious enough to give it to me. So uh, I bought some software that was very expensive that helped you make the decisions. And then I got me a stockbroker that helped me and everything. And, uh, man, it started out good. I didn't pray about it, but it started out good. Then it just slowly started diving. Diving, 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 diving until uh, I had to close my account because there was nothing else in it. Now, that was my choice. Everybody said that was his choice. Now, here's my thing. Don't invest what you can't lose. Okay? So there's some decisions that God will let us make. And then if they're based on our desires, we need to let God filter those desires. Because, see, what you don't understand is your desires got your feelings in it, got your emotions in it, it got your ego in it. Come on now. I'm going to buy this big old house because I want my family to come over and see, be like, whoo, look at that. Well, yeah, but they're they not going to be there when you're struggling to pay the mortgage. So we have our, our choices. Here's the second one. Wisdom's choices. Now this is when God has not given us a specific answer, so we use wisdom. Wisdom includes biblical perspective, 
natural facts and the counsel of wise and godly people, watch this, with a long-term mindset in mind. I'm going to say that again. This is when you and I use wisdom, which includes biblical perspective, natural facts, and the counsel of wise and godly people. And this had, this perspective has a long-term vision in mind. In other words, you're looking beyond today. And see, I've had to have make several decisions this way where God did not tell me what to do. I had to pray and ask for wisdom to make the decision. Amen. There are times where you may have to consult other people who know more than you know for you to make that decision. And it's best when it comes to decision making to go up and not down. And I've had to do this. Even with our church, I've had to do this. Uh, listen, uh, when we were at the elementary school down the street and uh, a year and a half, almost two years in, the service got full where it couldn't hold no more. And so we had to make a decision to do two services or move to a bigger place. Well, first of all, I didn't want to preach twice because I wasn't used to that then. So my heart was like, well, we just need to find another place. But I knew better than to just make a decision like that. Because if God had led me to the elementary school, he would lead me to the next destination. So I began to pray about it, began to pray about it. And uh, God answered the prayer through a vision. I'm praying. I get a vision of an auditorium, but I've never seen it before and never been there. So when I got done praying and I had saw the vision, it was very clear too. I said, Lord, where is that place? He said, I said, what is that? He said, that's where I want you to have church. So I just jump in the car and I just start driving around this whole area, just driving, driving, driving. And I'll never forget. I got tired of driving. I was like, Lord, where is this place? See, at first I just said, what is, what does this mean? And he told me, Hey, this is where I want you to have church. But I didn't say where you want me to go. Well, I did that after all my gas rent out. <laughs> God, where you want me to go? So he says, I want you to go down Eden road. I said, so I went down Eden Road toward Cooper. I didn't see no place. I saw some warehouses back in there. He was like, no, I'm not talking about that. I said, where do you want me to go? He said, go back the other way. I said, it's a dead end up there. He said, I know that. So I went back this way. I had never, since I've been in Mansfield since 1999, I had never taken Eden Road this way. What is that, east? Is that east? I had never taken it east because I knew it was a dead end. This time I took it all the way and all of a sudden I see Seguin High School that I had never seen before. He said, it's in there. So I came in here. I said, hey, do y'all have like an auditorium or something like, you know, like a church could meet in or something? They said, we have an auditorium. I said, can I see it? They said, yeah. So they come in here and they show me the auditorium. They cut on the lights. I said, golly, this is the place. It looked just like it was in the vision. I mean, like for real. Now I didn't say this to them. I just kind of acted spiritual. This is nice. <laughs> So I contacted the principal at the time, and uh, he told me no. Well, I'm persistent, because if God told me no, I mean, God told me, yeah, who are you to tell me no? So I kept asking, and then I printed out, the, the, I took a picture of the auditorium, I printed it out, and gave it to every member that was coming. I said, put this on your fridge, I put a scripture on there, and I said, you're going to go to eat, I know you are. Because I can see that. 
before you open the fridge, say the verse out loud. Okay, so we did that. Well, long story short, about four no's, then we got a yes. But here's the point. It came from wisdom. Now, you know, I could be like a lot of pastors and just try to pick a place. I could be like, you know, like some of you, you just, you just pick a person that you want to marry. Some of y'all just pick a job. Some of y'all just pick a weave. I'm just going to pick that one. <laughs> Somebody was asleep, so I, that's the only reason I said that. No, I'm just kidding. You can pick whatever weave you want to. <laughs> I do know somebody <laughs> who uh, went to the doctor because he was having some allergies. And uh, the doctor did the test on him and said, you have an allergic reaction 38% to horses. Are you around a lot of horses? <laughs> and they said, no. But they knew that was horse hair in their head. <laughs> I told them, you should have told a doctor that it was your weed, girl. Okay, y'all stop now. Here's the last choice. It's God's choices. And this is when God speaks to you by his word or by his voice. Everybody say his word and his voice. And you may be saying, well, Pastor Evan, I don't know how to hear God's voice. Well, come back next week and I'm going to teach it to you. Did you learn something today? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap if you did. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there are some of you in this room who need to make some decisions for your life. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if, if, you, if you are in the valley of decision, I don't care what kind of decision it is, if you are in a valley and you need to make one, raise your hand because I'm going to pray for you. Raise your hand. Amen. Lots of, oh, Jesus. All right, put your hands down. Father, in Jesus' name, I first declare peace over those.